0: Well, good morning. As as was mentioned just a, a few moments ago, we have some of our kids that are headed off, and they're going to go up a mountain. They're going to climb the mountain. They're going to sleep on the mountain. Um, they're going to spend time in in prayer and devotion. It's one of those trips that I can remember going on, and it was just one of those life changing times when when you get away. And some of those kids are they're they're going to be really kind of freaked out because. They won't have a phone, and if they decided to sneak it up there with them, it won't work. Uh, And so there's going to be one point in this trip that they're going to be up on the mountain, and they're going to be told, we want you to go out by yourself. You can take a Bible, and you take a journal, and we'll see you in a couple hours. And I can remember uh, the the different times that I was able to do that as, as a younger person and the impact that had on me when all of a sudden all that noise started to fade and you're just left with this is me and god and his creation and so i'm just really excited for them i'm excited for those of you who are here we had some folks who are out we're glad that that you're back with us and to our folks online we are really glad that you're here you know we we talk about coming here together but we have a lot of folks online and i want to take a second to welcome and acknowledge some folks uh john and nancy keeling i want to say hello to you guys uh, they they're here with us from Post Texas, and they have been uh, through this this pandemic. They've been worshiping with us online, and we're so thankful that you're here. I had a good conversation with John this last week, uh, and so as as you're praying this week, I do want to ask if you'll include John and Nancy in your prayers. They've had some battles that they've been going through, and. And they're here worshiping with us. And so we're just thankful that we're here, that they're here. And and for all you else who are worshiping online, we just want to thank you for, for joining us and lifting up God in in song and praise and prayer. And, and as Dwight mentioned a minute ago in Thanksgiving, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But right now, we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm going to invite a guest up here, my daughter Gracie. If you'll come up here, she's going to help me out a little bit. I know you guys are... Uh, it's the middle of the summer, it's kind of warm in here, and so you're thinking, man, I could fall asleep, so she's going to help try to keep you guys awake. And so what we're going to do here is she is going to act out some different uh, characters in the Bible, and you're going to have to figure out uh, who she's acting out. So I'm going to whisper what she's going to do, and then then you're going to try to figure out. Oh, wait, i got to turn this. Here we go. Whenever you're ready. Go for it. Moses. Moses. Okay, that's Moses. Very good. Very good. You got that first one right. Okay. Who said it? Peter. What was Peter doing? Walking on water. All right. Very good. Okay. Can you see what she's doing? Stacking. She's stacking stones. That could be a lot of people. Who in particular might that be? Elijah. Elijah at where? Mount Carmel. Love that story. We're going to talk about that for just a little bit. So Grace gave us just an example of some of the things that people did throughout the Bible. Thank you so much. I'm, you know what, you better take this, because if you don't, I might swing it at someone, so thank you, ma'am. Okay, so I, I want to be careful how I say this, because I'm I'm so very grateful uh, for the heroes that we have in the Bible who, who are my heroes, who I look at and say, wow, I can't believe they did something so amazing, but what I'm going to do today is... I may downplay what they've done, but I want you to stick with me for just a minute. You see, throughout the Bible, we have example after example of people who did, in my opinion, some pretty ordinary things. They did some very ordinary things, and God did some very extraordinary acts. Through those people who did these ordinary things. Listen for just a second and hang with me here, but listen to this group. Abraham moved away. Daniel prayed. Rahab welcomed. Jacob wrestled. John dreamed. Mary anointed. Ezekiel rebuked habakkuk questioned ruth followed and paul traveled that's what they did and in a lot of ways that's really all that they did i mean even paul he wasn't a very i mean i love paul but paul Like, he needed a new travel agent. He got in shipwrecks. He was bit by a snake. He was beaten. He was left for dead. And Paul just kept going. John, who would end up writing the the crazy last book of Revelation, what did he do? He had visions. He dreamed. And he wrote it down. Jacob simply wrestled all night long. Ezekiel rebuked Mary, in which Jesus would say she will be known forever for what she did. She simply went to the feet of Jesus, and she anointed Rahab would be known both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, not as her profession, not as her sin, but simply as a woman who welcomed a couple of foreigners, a couple of spies, into her house. Abraham the father of our faith Just packed his bags and started going places They just did very Simple small things and yet we honor them as heroes of great faith and they are but I want to keep going Peter he took a walk Moses raised a staff David slung a stone Stephen gave a speech Isaac carried wood Nehemiah repaired a wall Jonah jumped overboard Elijah stacked rocks I mean that's what they did but each one of those has a really great story to it. I mean, we have the story of Jonah, and we get caught up in the fish, and Nineveh, and all that's going on in the worm and the plant. But really, what it happened, what did Jonah do besides trying to run away from God? He jumped overboard and had a really great prayer after being swallowed by a fish. But all he really did was jump overboard. Peter took a walk. And we make a big deal about it because he's one of only two people that walked on water and do a very good job at it. Jesus said, come, and Peter stepped out and just started walking. David, he slung a stone. And we talked about this several years ago when, in one of my sermons that I, I, I took from Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath. But what David did is we see, oh, you know, he faced his giant and he whipped. You know, Malcolm Gladwell said, look, if you really want to break this down tactically, David had the upper hand. He was much more likely to win that fight. Goliath was a big, big target who was really slow. And if you remember that story, remember what, what Goliath kept saying? What did he keep saying, keep saying to David? Come closer, come here, come here. Because he's a big, slow target. David is fast, he's nimble, he can strike from a long ways away. He's been doing this his whole life. He literally just slung a small rock at a really big target. But we talk about him and, and the great faith that he displayed. Stephen gave a speech. Nehemiah built the wall. And Elijah stacked some rocks. One of my favorite stories. I gotta stop saying favorite, because it's gonna stop being true. But I love it, Mount Carmel. He teased the prophets of Baal. They're trying to, to to get their God to to, to wake up according to him, or, or come back from a trip. And what does he do? He stacks some rocks. He puts on the sacrifice he has other people put water on it and praise I mean it really wasn't that crazy of a thing that he did but that's an amazing story right because what happens after that fire comes down from heaven but what was his role pick up a rock put it on another pick up a rock and put it on another hosea forgave jeremiah wept aquila and priscilla taught the great dr luke wrote shadrach meshach and abednego stood lazarus woke up and joseph joseph just kept going After heartache and heartache and hardship and lies and prison, he just kept going. The story of Hosea is so gut wrenching. God says, Hosea, go pick a wife who's unfaithful. And he picked Gomer, and they had children, and then she left. And God said I want you to know I love my people like you love your wife and she has just ripped out your heart I want you to go get her and forgive her and that's the story of Hosea Luke who provides us with more content From the New Testament than any other writer gives us Luke and Acts and he does it in such an orderly precise fashion he gives us details that no other gospel writer gives us and he continues on as he writes the book of Acts and it's sometimes he's traveling with Paul he's smart he doesn't stay with Paul the whole time because Paul's always getting into trouble but he's even with Paul but what does he do he asks a lot of questions and he writes it down and he gives us an orderly account of the life of Jesus and the life of the church and boy we can make a really big deal of what we read from John 11 but Lazarus all he does is wake up now that actually, that's kind of a big deal. I have teenagers in the house getting them to wake up can be a thing. But Jesus, side of the tomb, and says, "Lazarus, come out." And Lazarus gets up, and he walks out. The boy shared his lunch. The women followed. The criminal asked. The eunuch read. The bleeding woman reached out, and the blind man. Cried out. More stories. Amazing stories. And yet the whole of the people in there really pretty small. How many of you have ever bought lunch or shared lunch with somebody else? Have you ever done that? Have you ever bought somebody a lunch? Everybody in here, you could raise your hand. You've done that before. That's what the boy does. He's got some loaves. He's got some fish. He gives it to this teacher. And the next thing you know, multitudes are being fed. But he just did one simple act. My favorite, favorite story in the Bible, and I mean this one, is the woman who reached out and touched. The cloak of Jesus. Such an amazing story. I look to that story and I can it just resonates with me and I identify with how she probably felt most of her her whole life, but she had it a million times more. But I still can identify with that that struggle of just of just being left out, of of being unloved, of of just not really making the cut. back at the the back of the crowd and she decides I'm just and it's a story of healing and it's a story of redemption it's a story of renewal and all she did was work her way through a crowd and touch a little piece of clothing One of the greatest stories of grace happened on two different crosses. The one in which Jesus was sharing grace to the world by His sacrifice. And then the cross next to Him where a criminal just looks over. And he just asks, he just makes a statement. Please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turns to a criminal who, we don't know how bad his punishment, or, or what he did, but it, his punishment was worthy of death. And Jesus looks over at him and he says, Surely today you will be with me in paradise. The eunuch on the side of the road has opened up Isaiah. He doesn't understand it, but he's reading it. He's trying to figure it out. He doesn't even fully know. And ultimately, he's going to learn about Jesus. And his life will be changed. And we talk about that story of just being willing to learn. And the blind man who cried out, he was shushed. He was told, don't say anything. Don't bother the master. But he kept begging. That's what he did. Nothing amazing. Nothing fantastic. He just cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Barnabas was encouraging. John Mark was helpful. And Cornelius was inviting. We know a little bit about Barnabas, not a whole lot. But if you think of somebody who's encouraging, oftentimes you'll say, that person's like a Barnabas. Just that one simple act that he did. John Mark and Paul that they didn't always jive. It, there was some friction early on and things didn't seem to work out real well and then towards the end Paul in his later letter says, "Hey, and, and send for John Mark. He's he's so helpful." Cornelius was the one who invited Paul in, and he probably didn't really want to. God said, hey, I want you to take in this guy. He's been murdering people, but now he's, he's changed sides, and he's with us. And I want you to welcome him in. And we have that story played out throughout Acts. In fact I really struggled to find people in the Bible who did honestly just super extraordinary things almost everybody just did really normal things they prayed they believed they walked they moved they shared they spoke even Noah who did something pretty extraordinary was just a lot of really ordinary things every day. He got up and he swung a hammer and he pulled a saw. Now he did that for a really long time so I think that's pretty exceptional but even breaking it down he just did the same thing over and over again. John the Baptist he was pretty phenomenal. He changed the way he eat, ate and the way he dressed. He allowed himself to, to go to prison because he stood up for what he believed was right. It's pretty phenomenal, but it really was a lot of simple, small acts. And even Esther, she simply walked into the palace and asked to speak to the king. Now, I don't want to say that these aren't really special people and they didn't do great things, what I really want to say is God did really great things through them Peter walked but Jesus provided the the walking on water part Moses he raised his staff that's what he did he he did not part the waters who parted the waters and what did he do What did Moses do? He he raised a staff. My 10-year-old daughter raised a staff. Is there anything really special about that movement right there? No, but God made it into something special. Because that's what God does. He doesn't say, I want you to slay a giant. He says, I want you to sling the stone. I was talking to someone earlier this week and they kind of lamented, you know, I just don't know that I've done really anything for the kingdom. I don't know that I've really saved anybody. And I just said, all we do is we scatter seeds. And we give water. But God gives the growth and sometimes we don't get to see that growth. I just, when, when Dwight walks up here, I mean, I don't know if there's very many things that give me more hope and, and embolden my faith more than when people do things like that. Dwight's had some really tough years recently. Man, we all miss Anita, and I know your heart grieves for her. And Dwight could say, God, I'm done with you. And he walks up here. He's got a grandson who's supposed to be starting high school. And right now, he's going through chemo treatments. And he comes up here. And he reads about giving thanks to God. That's, that's a very simple act. He didn't even have to walk on water. It was just carpet. But he came up here and that very simple act of saying, I'm here and I'm going to thank God and praise God in the middle of this storm. And I look around here and I see different people. You have hardship and heartache. We have people who have, who have driven miles and miles and miles just to get here. People who have lost loved ones people who are hurting, people who are just trying to get one foot in front of the other, and these very small, simple acts are really so incredibly amazing and they're just these small, simple things. God loves to magnify our small acts into really big things for His glory. And so I just want to encourage you this week, We've been talking about this over and over again and I know you're you're getting tired of it but I just I want this to be encouragement for all of you as you do these little acts as you just try to make it as you're struggling to take take care of your spouse who's ill or you're grieving the loss of a loved one or you're struggling with raising kids or taking care of your mom or life that's just pounding on you over and over and over again just Keep being faithful. Take those little steps. Because you never know when you do that small little thing, you raise that staff and say, I'm going to praise God in this storm. And God says, I'm going to save multitudes because of that. And when you share kind words, and when you share food, and you show love to people around you, God uses those little acts of faithfulness to, and He just expands and expounds on it. And so I just want you to take comfort in that don't give up god is doing amazing things through your small acts just just keep doing them i want you to know i am so thankful to look out over all of you and to see your faces i know your stories i know of your hurts and your struggles And I know that you could say, I'm not doing this anymore. So many of you, and yet you're here. And I just want you to know you should be honored among these people who we talked about. Keep swinging that hammer. Keep praying. Keep loving. And if you have to, just keep crying out to God. Because God is faithful and He is able to do amazing things through people who just, who just like Joseph, they just don't give up. And I want you to keep going because you give faith to us and you give glory to God by your actions. I just want you to know I love you. I'm thankful for what you have done. The miles that you travel to get here to worship with us, that means so much. And your hardship and heartache, it it is a blessing to God. Don't give up. Just keep walking and keep glorifying God. This morning I want to sing a song of encouragement to all of you and to glorify God as we remember our God who's worthy of the steps that we take each day. And so I want to ask that you will join me this morning as we stand and sing.